views expressed on the following broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Welcome to Entitled to Overcome, Exploring Solutions for Life Today, a presentation of Take 12 Recovery Radio. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dave Fleming and the Monty Man. Rockin', rockin', rockin' out with Dave Fleming on Entitled to Overcome, Solutions for Life. Monty. Today. Monty. Man. <laughs> so so if you want to talk to me through the intro you can do that because your mic is muted at the time he's writing me notes sign language things like that i was just writing myself a note. oh were you yeah yeah well uh mm-hmm. w- welcome to it's also overcome solutions for life today with dave fleming and the monty man hello 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 oh my goodness sakes oh Gee, Willikers. Well, you're going to love the icebreaker this week. Before we do that, though, let's tell the uh, the customers. I almost said customers. Let's tell the listening audience what the topic is this week, Dave. <laughs> today's topic is... Get closer to your mic. What is today's topic? Topic is contentment. Ooh. Not condemnment. No, not contentment. 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 What does contentment mean? Being content. (sighs) Being happy and satisfied. Reminds me of a a bunny that I had that was stuffed. I mean, it wasn't a dead bunny that was stuffed. It was a (laughs) toy bunny that. That's a whole other. Yeah, but it was it was just so happy. It just sat there and it was furry and fuzzy, and I held it and I felt good. I felt content when I had my bunny. I I liken that to when I'm I'm sitting at home in my 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 big like oversized recliner right that I got yeah I got uh, one it's of them big yeah. enough I could put one pup on one side and the other pup on the other side yeah and they're content Aww. just sitting next to me and chilling out being that's what with- I see when I. When I uh, hear, hear the word contentment, that's what I picture in my mind. D- being with the the vid, hanging with the vid, hanging with the vid. <laughs> All right, so do we have an icebreaker? I think we do. Yes, I do. Well, it's time for Ahoy! Dave and Monty's <laughs> icebreaker. Ahoy! Shards of glass everywhere. Watch where you step. Get the broom. You're going to love this. Get the broom. Dave's sweeping up the imaginary ice. I don't, have you ever dropped ice and it sounded like that? Usually it just sounds no. like clunk. <laughs> that clunk. sounds like broken glass. It doesn't, doesn't it? Um, <clears throat> that I've heard quite a few times. Aberdeen, South Dakota. What? Ever been to Aberdeen, South Dakota? <sighs> Uh, actually, no. I've driven through North Dakota. Have you? Well, it's pretty easy to miss. There's only 30,000 people there. 
in Aberdeen, South Dakota. But there's a donut shop. Of course there is. <laughs> and it's also the post office. Yeah, probably. The, yeah. Right? Well, this was sent in by Stan the Man. That's what his email says, Stan the Man. So, hi, Stan the Man. What's up, Stan? This is great. So, a man parking his car, which, by the way, the car was stolen, Dave. <clears throat> Another car stolen yeah. story. Huh? Decided to utilize the automatic parallel parking feature. <laughs> you know, when I started to read this, I started cracking up. It's like I am now because I knew, I knew something bad was about to happen. Uh, as he carefully parallel parked hands-free between two vehicles in front of an Aberdeen donut shop. As it were, the donut shop was the type where you served yourself and then paid at the register. Well, guess what he didn't do? Uh, Jason P. 34 picked out his donuts, placed them in the white pastry bag, and proceeded to walk out the door without paying, which turned out to be something that you just don't not do. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that maybe it was yeah, too much. I, I knew that was going to give you a funny. Um, so he walked out without paying. When he attempted to leave his parking space, the auto parallel parking feature had somehow caused the car's steering to fail, and Jason was unable to drive away. Uh, then to make matters worse, the doors of the car locked by themselves... As apparently OnStar, Big Brother, yeah, OnStar had located the stolen vehicle and disabled the car entirely. <laughs> Perfect timing for the two plainclothes police officers that were, guess where, in the donut, donut shop, shop to apprehend poor Jason. You know <sighs> uh, those those whole, uh, you know the the what do they call it? The automatic parking, right? Uh, that and autonomous cars. I mean, come on. To me, that is just the the, the greatest invention of an alcoholic. Isn't it? Right? Yeah. <laughs> because I could just get hammered and right. sit in the back seat and oh, yeah. tell my car to drive home. Sure. And then park itself. Yeah. yeah. And then if you got pulled over, you weren't driving. <laughs> That's right. I wasn't driving. The car was driving. Well, you've heard people in, in their stories in AA and stuff say, well, the car just pulled into the bar. I had no control over it. Well, maybe it did. That's called being delusional. When you're sitting behind the wheel. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work. So but if you're in the back seat, I can see where that might be. So did you see my post on Facebook about the car going down the freeway? <clears throat> I uh, Sorry, I did not. Well, Tesla... Amongst, I think Lincoln has it now, Cadillac, I think, may have it now, um, and a couple other cars. But Tesla was one of the first ones to have it where it keeps your car aligned as long as there's paint or reflective things in the road. <laughs> so you can drive hands-free. Now, you're still supposed to be paying attention, but you can take your hands off the steering wheel, fold your hands, and just let the car go. And so here comes this Tesla yesterday. We're coming back from Salem. It's a 60-mile-an-hour zone in this one part, and this guy's going 75-plus, and he passes us. Now, Marsha's driving, and I'm in the passenger seat. He passes us, and she goes, look, look, look. And I look over. The guy is heads down. If if you didn't realize what he was doing, you would have sworn he was asleep. But he wasn't. He was on his phone. 
right? So Marcia's honking and shaking her finger at him and honking. He doesn't hear nothing. Because I'm sure those Teslas are like totally sound proof. But he's in that he's thing. He's probably listening to your show. He's probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's wrong with his knucklehead? And uh, anyway, he's going down. So as he sped off, and I mean, he was going fast, right? I took a picture of his license plate and I posted, you know, another driver on his phone. And I didn't even realize it was a Tesla until somebody remarked on social media that it was a Tesla. And then I blew it up. Somebody says, well, how'd you take the picture if you were driving? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, no, my wife was driving. Well, how'd you get so, why were you on his, you know, butt basically is what they said. And I go, wasn't. That was my zoom lens on my iPhone 8 plus. Nice camera. <laughs> and I was able, because he was quite a ways away and I was able to zoom and get a crystal clear picture. But there you go. So was he hands-free while he was talking on his phone? Was it the car driving on its own? I, cu- I couldn't see where his hands were, but he was not looking. He was looking down for quite some time. Because we were in traffic and at a point where he was going about 70. And we're you know how you're kind of forced to do that if there's trucks around. So, so I was able to watch him for probably a good a good 15 seconds. That's a long time. So my question is, is why didn't you call 911? Well, the reason, you know, I did think about that. But how do you prove that? Now, if a guy's drunk, they're going to see him swerving all over the you road. You took a that. picture. But I didn't take a picture of him on his phone. I took a picture of his license plate uh-huh. in the back of his car. Okay, okay, okay. I, I wasn't quick enough to grab a picture of him. If I could have, I would have. Now, anyway, there's there's the icebreaker for today. Yeah, I, I I've you know once I got uh, into my new life, uh, chemical free. I've I've right. actually followed people. It's probably not the safest thing to do sometimes, <laughs> but if I see somebody uh, that obviously is drunk or under the influence mm. of something, I've I'll call that. I'll call nine one one and I will several. follow them and and give them the license plate number and and yep till they. Get on the phone and say, "Yeah, we got this," and I'll tell them which. I've done that on several occasions. My daughter's been with me, and she's like, "Dad, this guy next to us, he looks drunk. He's yeah." <clears throat> so I mean, or asleep. I, People falling asleep. They're right. leaving all over the road. Yeah, somebody needs to pull them over and wake them up. Because you know, once we get, once we start once I started my new life, I actually had to like follow through with my convictions and my values and my morals instead of just talking about it. Well, I've I've sponsored men, and I've told them, I mean, you know, chronic relapsers that I know are driving under the influence. You know, if I know that you're using and I see your car on the road, I'm picking up the phone because my kids are out there driving. Right. My wife's out there driving. And, uh, yeah, no, that's not acceptable. Well, I always, I always say to, I, I kind of take that a little step farther. Yeah, I said, well, what if your wife or your mother right. or your child was walking across the street that day? Hmm. Well, yeah, there you go. Well, let's uh, close out the icebreaker. You ready? Here we go. La 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 la. All right, we'll be right back after this. Don't go away. 
And now, here's Pastor Johnny Baker for Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery is for all of us because we've all been hurt. We've all hurt other people. We've all got things in our lives that keep us stuck and keep us frozen, things we wish we didn't deal with. And for many of us, we have these addiction issues that also just rob us of any joy or peace that we have in our life. The thing about Celebrate Recovery is that it's a biblical program and it's got eight principles that lead us from one place to the next place over one day at a time after one day at a time. So we begin where we realize that we're not God. We come out of denial. We face our fears. We face the problems that have keeping us stuck. We turn our lives over to Jesus. We do things like taking a moral inventory of our lives and we look at all the things that we've done have been done to us to help us come out of that. We talk to other people about what's happening. Then at the end, we serve other people because we believe that God uses our pain so that we can help other people when they go through pain. To locate Celebrate Recovery in your area, visit CelebrateRecovery.com. Well, you're in for a huge surprise because, well, it's not really that big of a surprise, I guess. It's back to Dave and the Monty Man. There you go. There you go. That's right, Cecil. There you go. All right, Dave Fleming, C A D C A D C D F G H I. What? Psst. Oh, what are you doing, Dave? Dave, Dave, Dave it's not Dave. Here. Open the door. Dave's not here. No, it's me, Dave. Dave, oh, <laughs> Dave. You know, you got you probably got a lot of that right back in the day, <sighs> Dave. All the time. Remember that movie Space Odyssey or whatever it was called with uh, the Howl 9000 or whatever? Oh, yeah. Dave. Dave. I wouldn't do that, Dave. What are you doing, Dave? (laughs) Don't touch that. I highly, highly recommend you don't continue with that behavior, Dave. We watched that in high school science class. Yeah. And as you can imagine. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that went on for. God, that was years. the only part of the whole movie of 2001 I even liked was Hal the computer. <laughs> the rest of it just bored me to tears. I'm like, oh, I'm seeing a mirror, mirror image of a mirror image of a mirror image of a mirror image. How long can this go on? Right, right, right. Twenty minutes. All right. So I was not content when I watched that movie. Until I got to how the computer, and then I then I got to laugh. But uh, uh, listen, th- th- here's some folks that evidently are very content after a really good Thanksgiving dinner. Check this out. I'm full, Bob's. You full? Uh, I haven't been this full since Truman dropped the big one. <laughs> Nana, are you full? I'm as full as my purse. Becky, are you full? You know it, Gma. Full does not describe the sheer amount of fullness I'm feeling right now. Billy, what about you? I'm super full. Hey. It's Crazy Uncle Carl. Hey, Billy. Hey, Crazy Uncle Carl. Are you full? <laughs> I'm crazy full. <laughs> hey, Scamp. Are you full? <laughs> He's full. I'm fuller than Mom when she breaks her low-carb diet. I'm fuller than Hawaii and the three states underneath it. I'm so full I need Mom's maternity pants. Hashtag oh snap. I'm full in my whole body. I'm full. I'm so full you're going to have to carry me out of here. I'm as full as a ticket of blood bank. I'm full. I'm full. I'm full. Full. Hashtag F-U-L-L. They're full, Dave. Full of something. They are full. 
They are content. They are happy. Well, maybe they maybe. didn't say they were content. They just said they were full. So well, they were, they were pretty happy. They were pretty, uh, but pretty you, crazy. But if you get too full, then you become uncomfortable, and then you're discontent. Uh, I was super discontent yesterday. Were you? Yeah i I made a I had I put the pot roast in the crock pot. Yeah, when I went to work. Yeah. When I got home, you know, and, and uh, so I had uh, roast and uh, potatoes, and uh, I had two servings of that. And I don't eat a whole lot of meat, uh, red meat, and I don't know what it was, but it, it like sat in my gut. <laughs> and and then that was at like you know one o'clock or whatever. You know, yeah, that was my lunch, and. Uh, so later on, about six o'clock, my wife's like, "Yeah, I'm hungry. You know, can you throw a pizza in for me?" So we make this cheese pizza. I'm like, "Man, that looks so good!" All right, and I was feeling okay. And then I had one slice, and I was I was about ready to hurl, hurl, <laughs> yeah. And oh my god! And it just oh, all the rest of the night. I try, you know, all night long. And I was like, "Do I want to get up and and pray to the porcelain god?" Sure. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or just uh, you know, suck it up. So I got up and I ended up drinking some baking soda. Oh yeah, uh, you know, trying to put out the fire. Right, and, right. Uh, ended up sleeping on the on the, in the big recliner. Uh, so you wouldn't for the lay next down. Couple hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I felt, felt a good okay this morning, but oh, you were Lord. not. You were not content. You were discontented. You were restless, irritable, and discontented. <laughs> Um, so, so you brought up this topic, um, contentment and the question posed on social media was, is the grass always greener? Have you chased after something only to find out you were right where you were supposed to be? In other words, you already have pot roast, Dave. You don't need cheese pizza. (laughs) It was one of those uh, pot roasts that, you know, hung around. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, it was one of those. To- it just you know, it just it was one of those topics. That it it hit me, and uh, and then I looked at it had the reference of Hebrews thirteen five, and and uh, the new the NIV version says, "Keep your eyes free from the love of money and be content with what you have," because God said, "Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you," and so it made me think of you know times where. Uh, Trying to always chase after something, trying to like not be not be happy with what you got, not be content. Mm-hmm. And you know, for those of us in recovery, or you know, thinking back on our addiction, uh, myself especially, always looking at you know trying to you know you know the old get rich quick schemes and sure you know I, I was gonna you know I had all these different things that I was gonna do to make make some money uh, and then I got in got into doing some real estate and I thought oh this is you know this is it I'm gonna you know I'm gonna become a millionaire and I'm right go, f- go buy some fixer-uppers and and flip them and you know retire when I'm 35 and you know that was yeah. that was the the goal and and uh, uh, a lot of things outside of my control came into play and that that didn't happen um, you know a few other things in life that I thought was going to be a direction that, you know, uh, I was trying to get to the, 
to the end of the to get to the goal line as quick as possible. You know, it's like even in today's society, uh, everyone wants to get get rich quick without doing the work. You know, you want to become basketball stars or football, you know, players or musicians or something, right? Where they're gonna all of a sudden overnight become this multimillionaire. Uh, and then <clears throat> inevitably most of those people end up falling flat on their face. And and then some of them pick themselves up, figure out, hey, I need to actually, you know, live, work my way up, live the life, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and, and learn some things along the way. Uh, it's kind of like uh, on headstones. I don't know this popped in my head. On headstones, you know, it's, you, you see the, the born date and the died date. Yeah. And then it's got that dash in between. Right. It's like we got to start. Like looking at that dash, what does our dash look like about sure. living our life? And are we, what does that look like? You know, are we happy? Are we content? Do we live a life uh, worth living where we helped other people? Did you ever try the multi-level marketing thing? <sighs> yeah, I'm it, probably still involved in some of that a little on a, on, on some. So, level. I, so I I came home from work one day and there was a guy in my apartment. <laughs> Right now, I'd already told him no on the phone several times. He showed up at my work where I was uh, a retail clerk. He showed up there, and I said, no, go away. He was in my – somehow he had the landlord open up my door. He had a dry erase board in my living room, and he was trying to sell me on the American way, which was the long version of Amway. Gotcha. Sucked me right in, man. Did you see? Did you notice if anything was missing? Yeah, well, they they didn't want to start doing that until about a month down the road, but but uh, they wanted to you know every every product that you had that wasn't Amway they wanted me to get rid of. But um, I I fell into this thing where I actually bought the that these photographs of these people's checks he had in this binder. This is how much this guy made. This is how much this guy made. This and I asked him, well, how much have you made? Well, I made this much. I said, yeah, but how much of that did you keep? Because, well, I haven't got to keep any of it. I went, I, I'm confused. And I still fell into it. And I and I worked really hard, Dave. Mm-hmm. I never saw Zip. And then I did it again. I tried to sell Sprint <laughs> phone cards. Then I did mm. it again. And I tried to sell Cutco Cutlery. And I, you know... I, I went through this, I don't know how many different things, and it was all trying to accomplish greatness financially by doing the least amount of work. Because I was sold on the idea, and every one of these companies said, oh, you don't have to do a lot. Well, if you're going to be successful at that, you really do have to do a lot. But I believe that. So I had all these downlines, and I didn't do anything, and I didn't make any money. Yeah. And then it was everybody else's fault. <laughs> well, and it's like you know any kind of business. Even if you're you're the supervisor, you have to participate. You in got it. to do it. You have yeah. to you know get your team fired up, and that's kind of like what multi level marketing is. You have a team above you and a team below you, and if you, the team above you isn't isn't feeding you and building you up, you're not going to do that for the team below you unless you're super motivated, and, right? And uh, yeah, and, and some of the some people do 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 well with that. They do. Yeah, and it, I'm not the guy. It depends on the compensation plans too, and I think some of the companies uh, are getting better than others. You know, there's uh, there's a few. Uh, there's one I got into a nutrition company uh, that uh, the reason why I got involved with it because I talked to some of the people that use the products, right, and that were healed from cancer. 
And so I thought, <clears throat> and there were some other things that the products that I was familiar with that I knew were beneficial that could sure. heal these, sure. you know, things that they like to call diseases. And so I thought, you know, I can do this. You know, this is pretty much would sell itself. But mm-hmm. part of it was, is I'm the kind of, I, I don't, I'm not a very good salesman because I want to be able to, I have to be able to believe in product myself. I have to actually use the product myself. Right. And test it out and, and see the benefit in it before I can be a salesman and say, right. yeah, this promote is, it. yeah, because I, I can tell somebody else's story, but my passion isn't going to be in it. You right. Know, That's right. The, uh, you're not going to explain your why, you know, right. You're talking <laughs> about multi-level marketing. Let's find out what your, what your why or any kind of life building skills is. What is your why? Why are you doing this? And, um, my whole thing was I wanted to help people, but I also wanted to make sure that it wasn't something that, you know, didn't work. Because I wasn't going to be the guy that's going to have the house party every weekend. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was kind of in my addiction still. And yeah. I like to isolate. <laughs> so the, the, the thing about the easy part, like, right. oh, you, you don't have to do anything, right? right? You just you just point some people in the right direction. You have you have your, your sponsor here, Joe, to come over and demonstrate for you, right? Yeah. And then sign all the, sign them all up, and then right. they go off and do the same thing, and they sell all the products, and you make, you know, 10 bucks on every one they sell. Yeah. Like, cool, I can do that. But that's not the way it works. But then if they do what you do, <laughs> which is nothing, then and then get, they do what you do. Then all you get they, is doo-doo. <laughs> it's just a bunch of doo-doo. <laughs> so, I mean, there's and, and there's some other, you know, there's, there's this travel uh, – company that I got connected with and it's a great great opportunity and you basically you know, you you pay your you know your distribution fee or whatever and then it's like mm. a certain amount a month that you put into it but then you get you get travel benefits out of it right and they since they buy these travel packages um they have the buying power you can get these trips that usually would cost Say twenty five hundred bucks mm-hmm. or a thousand bucks, which right. is a pretty good deal. Sure, unless you don't have a thousand bucks, then it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, so I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there, but well, you yeah. know, this scripture verse—it's interesting because it says keep uh, keep your lives free from the love of money. So let's dispel the thing about money's the root of all evil because that's not what it says. The love of money, or you could say the love of your house or your car, your neighborhood or your person, the person, um, right. And be content with what you had. Why? Because God said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you, which suggests to me that the ultimate prize, the thing that I really, really am hungry for and may not even realize it, is my fellowship with God. And if so, if it's true that he'll never leave me and never forsake me, then what me worry, Alfred E. Newman? Right? Right? I, I don't need to. And if we're following the guidelines, you know, they're laid out in, in the Bible. Yeah. And, and in the 12 steps, we're going to find contentment, right? And balance and the promises, as, they, as the program says. Sure. Because we're living the life that we're meant to live. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if we trust and we believe that God's going to provide for us, those opportunities are going to come. It, they may not be the way that we want them to or thought they were going to come, mm-hmm. but they were come. And sometimes it can be, you know, 
not in our timing, but in his timing, and that can be a little uh, that can strain the contentment. Sure, you know. Sure, uh, I'm going through some of that uh, myself right now, and I can see where you know staying steadfast and, and pressing on is important, uh, but it's also can be frustrating if things aren't moving the way that maybe I think they should move. They but, but when you lay your head down at your pillow uh, on your pillow at night, can you lay your head down on your pillow at night and go to sleep? <clears throat> Unless I got a like crink in my neck. Or you ate pizza and roast beef, <laughs> right? Well, yeah. I mean, because some people I'm can't, not, Dave. Some people can't. They toss and turn all night long because I, they're so discontented. I, I used to be one of those. Yeah, me too. I think some of that was some withdrawals, but <laughs> that's a different. That'll keep you up. Yeah. <laughs> About every two hours, you know, you get up and yeah. you feed that beast. Right. Right. Squirrel. <laughs> um, and, and sorting this sorting this out, too, is like trying to figure out what God's will for our life is. is can, can be a little taxing and confusing. I was just having a conversation uh, this morning uh, along these lines. When I first started out, <clears throat> you know, I was trying to, uh, God, I, you know, I was praying and God was answering my prayers. Like, I was like, this is a little weird because, like, all this stuff about prayer it's yeah. like, really works. God has answered every single one of my prayers, not in always the way that I would have expected or wanted it to. Right. But it did answer it. And, and you um, recognize that. And I recognize it because, like, you know, my brain was clear my head was clear i was able to see i was able to connect the dots but there was i, I remember a point when i was uh, uh started doing my internship uh, as an alcohol and drug counselor and i wanted to uh, work for a company that had a, a faith-based component so i found this place <clears throat> and um got in and they i started working there and uh it turned out it wasn't, you know, necessarily the only faith apart part about it was that the owner was a uh, was a minister and she would do a sermon on Sundays. Okay, that's about as far as it got. <clears throat> and so the person that was the men's uh, director, um, he would his thing was three principles. I don't know if you're familiar with the three principles, but it's another you know, modality of okay. working on recovery. And um, he, he, uh, the one time I remember he, he handed me an assessment. He says, you ever seen an, you ever seen one of these? And I said, yes, we went through these last week in class. <laughs> and he immediately cut me off and says, we don't talk about the past here. Whoa. Right. And I was like, huh? What? You just asked me a question. I answered your question. Right. Because, uh, Part of the three principles is focusing on the here and now, like not looking at yesterday, but focusing on the here and now and what we can do today, which is great. But I believe that if you don't resolve the past, you're doomed to repeat it. So well, and we, we don't regret the past or wish to shut right. the door on it, right? So it can be a tool. But I, so I thought, okay, and it kind of kept my mouth shut and I was like, okay, whatever. And then sure. this happened, you know, two or three other times. And I'm like, I'm like, Lord, help me out with this because I'm really struggling. I don't get it. I said, maybe there's something that I need to learn that I'm not learning. Uh, 
and I'm just not getting it. So I'm going to stick it out, and I'm going to, you know, see what you have to give me. Sure. There was probably three or four other interns that went through the program. They were there for one day. I think the other and they bailed two days, maybe, and then nobody ever stayed longer. I stayed for thirty days because I was determined to learn what God had for me. And basically, what it was is this isn't the place for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, you know, I, I moved on, and and then the next place ended up being exactly where I was supposed to be. Yeah, and God literally did one of those. Here's your sign moments. Yeah. Uh, scripture that I that I I heard coming out of my uh, my blackout last night. I had a drink, you know, Mark nine twenty three. Jesus said, "If you can believe, all things are possible." Right, right, yeah. Um, we talked about that before, but that was right above the toilet in the in the bathroom. This is before I even talked to anybody, and I knew that was that was the place I was supposed to be. And everything went smooth. And when I, my interview was, you know, why should we hire you? And I said, because uh, I, I get it. That's the only thing I could. That came to my mind. And huh? they're like, okay, you can start Monday. <laughs> so it was like, you know, um, I don't know if that, that doesn't really necessarily be in, you know, uh, chasing the love of money. But my whole life has been about trying to chase the next thing that is going to, that I'm going to make some money. Right? I don't have to do much work. And so in, in this new process, I'm trying to figure out a way that I can, um, that money part of it is off the table. I've already resigned myself that, that's not what's important. Yeah, amen. Um, but a, a number of times I thought, you know, what the heck am I doing here? I need, you know, let's let's go over here. Let's go over there. Let's, you know. Um, in, in in the recovery community or in the addiction field, uh, it was it's pretty much known that most people don't stay in any one position for longer than about five years. That's right. Most. Yeah, that's what I that's what I've been told. And so. <clears throat> Or five years in in the business at all, and then they go somewhere and do something else because it's it's very taxing. There can be, um, but yeah, there's been numerous times where you know, the grass is always green. I mean, literally, like the when we lived in Minnesota, the the house next door to us, right, was uh, they offered the lady came over and offered to uh, rent it to us for less than what we were paying for the the house we were in, and so we threw all our stuff over the fence and moved in. <laughs> but the whole basement was gutted because there, uh, his her son was living there, and and there was a bunch of damage. He never fixed it, and so oh, okay. We just I just left it, thinking, well, let's just try to buy this place, and we'll just leave it. We won't do any work on it, so then we get a really good deal, and then once it's ours, we can go and fix the whole thing up. Mm-hmm. Well, God had other plans for us. <laughs> Obviously, because here we are in Oregon now. Yes, here you are. <laughs> God knew you were going to do this show way before you ever even lived in Minnesota. Right. That always, things like that blow my mind. It's, you know, everything's already written out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know about your life, but my life has been this straight line, right? Mm-hmm. Started here. And now this is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, that's God's path. Yeah, God My has a path. plan for your life. Doesn't mean God isn't developing some sort of um, treasure hunt for you. He has a plan already in place. Yeah, well, for you. You know, being human and having free free will and all that. Well, we kind of take. I shortcuts. decided to. <laughs> yeah. 
do the the shortcuts that took let's, longer. Let's let's <laughs> let's give something more for our readers to kind of picture in their mind. Let's picture the United States. Yeah, and the straight line goes right through the middle of it. Right. Right. Well, my journey to get from uh, point A to point B, <laughs> from say Washington. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To Oregon. Yeah. Went all the way across the United States. And back again about seven or eight times before I actually got to Oregon. Wow, sounds like the children right? of Israel, right? Trying to find the promised land. Around, actually, we started around, in California, around. so. Yeah. But I mean, that's <laughs> that's kind of how my life has been: the zigzag across across the the, the, the planet. Yeah. Uh, back to exactly where I I needed to go. So every now and again, I'd cross that center line, and we're like, oh yeah, this is. This feels right. Aren't you glad God is patient? This feels right. <laughs> so what about, we We had some people respond um, to the question, is grass always greener? Have you chased after something only to find out you were right where you were supposed to be? Lisa here, she says, I've been through three marriages because I thought the grass was always greener with the next guy and the next and never was. The grass didn't get greener, uh, get green and stay green until I discovered that my problem was emotional sobriety. In other words, I was a problem. I don't know how many times that I've come to that realization. And, oh yeah, you know, I mean, that's the, that's kind of where I was, and that's how I came to the realization that I need to change. Um, but you know, thanks, thanks, Lisa, for uh, for writing in. That that is so so perfect because we always think that it's somebody else or something else. It's if only, you know, my thing was if right. everybody would just do things my way, everything would be fine. Yeah, if all the actors on the stage would play the role I assigned to them, right, right. But see, forever we, we think we're the 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 production manager, but they all think they're the production manager, and then you got a head on collision, right? Yeah, or you can use you know too many chiefs and not enough Indians. You know, you you know, that's, yeah, that's another way of uh, in, in the in the working <laughs> world. That's what we've we've used, right? Absolutely. And uh, Peter, uh, oh, this says, one broke my heart. <laughs> you know. Uh, it's one of those things, you know, it's like, go back and, re- and read what you wrote, Peter. I bet you can find the answer. Oh, right? I can't seem to find where I fit. I go to AA and I don't fit. I go to NA and I don't fit. I hate church. I hate people because I just don't fit no matter where I go. The grass never is never green, always brown. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, the oh thing that gosh. jumps out at me is Woo! like, maybe, Peter, <laughs> um, you got to work on hate. It's a pretty strong. It is a strong. And I word. know exactly where where you're at with that. I, that that's kind of what I was saying about if everyone just do things my way, everything mm-hmm. be fine. It's like, what is wrong with these people? He's like, I'm I'm always always feeling like, and this is indicative of most people in, in addiction at some point, right? Is being in a crowded room and feeling like you're all by yourself. Sure, right. It's that whatever it is that's going on inside of you, uh, we need you know we just need to work on whatever that. Can you still that can you still issue. feel that today? I do on occasion. I do. You know, it took me it took me a long time just to get to some middle ground, and I just yeah. had to practice. Like I would go to my big one of my big things was you know, the crowded room. So you know, meetings I would go come late and sit in the back. Row. Yeah. You know, church I would come come late, sit in the back row. Right. And right. As soon as the first note started playing, I'd be out the door. When the meeting yeah. was over. I was the first one out the door, right? I wasn't going to stand around and chit chat, or if anybody wanted to go have coffee or whatever, I was like, you know, yeah, you're lucky. I'm even at the meeting. 
And so I had to get to the point where if I wanted to grow and I want my life to change, I actually have to push myself out because, you know, like we've said before, the only thing you have to change is everything. everything. Sure. And if doing what continuing to do what I'm doing is keep me stuck, I need and I want to grow. I need to push out of that. And so I, I started going uh, to coffee after the meeting, um, and I started at church. I started getting involved with small groups, and then maybe I would sit in the I would sit next to the soundboard because that's my comfort zone. Okay, because that's my background. You know, music, sure. sound, and lights, and all the production yeah. work. So that's my cover zone. That's usually what I end up, end up sitting is right next to the soundboard if it's on the floor. Uh, and so then I would sit in front of it and then I would move I'm closer. I'd move to like the 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 front row of the second section. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's another mm-hmm. set of chairs before that in the church that we're at. And so I, and then I'd kind of move around from the left to the right um, just to, you know, be up closer Right to be engaged, but also, uh, you know, to to uh, to kind of diminish some of that scariness. Wait, so if wait. I'm sitting in the, if I feel like I'm still sitting in the back row, and I can't see anybody behind me, then I'm good, right? And part of that is is being, you know, watching your back, the security, the criminal lifestyle. It's like you always got to sit in the back of the room, escape route, and watch all the doors, right? So you know yeah. who's coming and going, yeah. And and the you know the escape route. So so learning to be content, those things start to fall off, and you they, become less concerned well, about that, right? They're they're always still there. They just are. I don't. They're not concerned. You're not anymore. obsessed with them. No, <laughs> no. I mean, I still I still do the same thing in group. <clears throat> I put my chair at the opposite end of the room so that I can see uh, all the doors, and so I can see who's coming and going in and out of the office. Which that's I mean. To me, it's just common sense, but uh, it's still part of my old sure. uh, comfort zone behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, what about when you go squirrel. to? What about when you go to a, a, an event and you know no one? Do you, are you able to be content, uh, or do you have to kind of pay your respects and get out of there? Uh, it depends. It, it depends. Uh, th- going and doing things. It depends. When I was in my when I was working my recovery program uh, intensely in the first you know the first whatever five or six years sure um, well it's probably more than that the first four years I was kind of doing it on my own and then I got put together with my wife and my kids and then I had add that component um, and my wife and kids didn't always want to be around me because they still had some of the past stuff in the back of their brain, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I had to go and do things uh, on my own anyway, whether or not they wanted to go or not. Because I was also um, codependent yeah, uh, big time. And so uh, my whole life was about my family. Uh, it was either we did stuff together or we didn't do anything at all. So there's a lot of times where me and my wife would sit around the house and just Veg. you know, vegetate, watch TV. Yeah. You know, inevitably I'd end up drinking or whatever. But so <clears throat> I knew that I had to do the opposite of that uh, when we got back together. I still had to continue on with my recovery program, which was going to meetings, going to church. Um, you know, if my wife didn't feel like going somewhere because uh, she was had a hard day and she just wanted to chill, then that was okay. And we were both okay with that. And mm-hmm. I just went and did 
my thing because I need to do it. If there was an event, a concert or something right. that I needed to go to, um, <clears throat> I'd just go uh, because that was part of my process of changing my life. Um, but I still, to this day, uh, I get uncomfortable. I was I was going to go to a, a good example as I was going to go to a wedding last week and I didn't go. Um, <clears throat> as my wife wasn't feeling well and it was going to be me and her and the other person that, you know, that I work with, uh, he wasn't, he decided he wasn't going to go and everyone, I, I didn't know anybody except the bride basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just felt super uncomfortable and I knew when I got there, I'd probably be super uncomfortable. I was like, you know, I don't know anybody and you know, I just, it's just easier if I just send them a card and my apologies and just not show up. I, I went to, <clears throat> and, and I'm like this to a certain degree, um, and, and people, it surprises people because they go, oh, you're such a social animal. <clears throat> not necessarily. Um, I went to a wedding up at Five Rock Ranch uh, for, um, you know, I'm Kyle Thompson. And uh, this was, what, a, almost two years ago, something like that. Anyway, I went up there, and I knew a lot of people. Right. And I, and I knew that I was going to see people that I knew, but it was outside of an environment that I usually spent my time with them in. The environment that we usually spent around each other was a work environment. Surprise, surprise. I thought that I just walked into an Eskimos training camp. I mean, they were cold and and non-communicative and they all knew how to communicate at work. They didn't know how to communicate outside of work. Hmm. It wasn't that they were being rude. They just didn't know. And I'm like, wow, gads. I mean, I try to shake people's hands. They looked at me like they'd never met me before. These are people I saw every day. And um, I I became very uncomfortable. And instead of just kind of sitting back and fitting in, as soon as the wedding was over, I did not stay for the reception. I got in my car and I quietly drove off into the sunset. Um, But I've been at other events where I knew that I wasn't going to know anyone and I've done what you've done and, and decided, you know, this isn't going to work well for me. And so in both cases, I was not content. I have not been content. Right. Um, but, but some of this stuff, like we were talking off the air about some of some things in life just are right. Yeah. Some things are just uncomfortable because they are, it doesn't necessarily mean anything's wrong with you. Right. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting what Nick Nick uh, M said. He's a firefighter. He's been listening for some time. He said, yes, early in my fire service career, I had transferred off to the company I was assigned to and went to another company only to find out that I really didn't fit in and the problem I was leaving, which was a person, at the previous assignment was reassigned himself. God still brought good out of it, but it was a lesson about being patient and not trying to force situations. So he's trying to leave... And it ended up the other guy did too, and now he's back in this situation, and then he went back. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I think we spend a lot of time trying to find serenity and contentment and peace and when it's there the whole time. It's kind of like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, right? Right. You, you could have gone home anytime you wanted to because you never left. And it's figure, figuring it out, like, how do I go home? Right. Well, in those situations, you're talking about being uncomfortable, especially like in a work setting. Yeah. 
or you know whatever with a person sometimes it's just actually sitting down and talking to that person and getting to know them on a different level on a different level than I mean, it's just what, work or yeah whatever. i mean that's what we teach our, our clients is like if you're having a an issue with somebody and someone one person is gossiping and the other person and you you're you're well i think they're this and i feel they're that it's like well do you really know that have you actually asked them have you actually talked to them right and Usually it, it, the answer is no. It's like, well, yeah. let's sit down Very and, true. and have that conversation and, and figure <clears throat> that out. And then usually, I mean, I just did this uh, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday with uh, <laughs> with three guys. Uh-huh. And by the time we were done, it's like, you know, we resolved uh, most of the issues. And it's just a matter of people making assumptions and not really yeah. talking to each other. Sure. I mean, that's not always the case. You know, I've been at places that and work with people that are just jerks, and no matter what, <laughs> no matter what, they're still a jerk. And it's like, oh, I, then I need, and what I learned now is like, it's how do I respond to that? How do I, yeah, you know, yeah, because there's always going to be those people, right? If you respond to them, typically they and, and they know you're gonna, uh, they're gonna push your buttons, and they're gonna keep doing it if you respond that in that way. But if you just kind of ignore them or set your boundaries, they they leave it alone. Dr. Alan Berger, who you and I both know, um, he talks, and that's why I liked what Lisa said, because she used that term, and it's one of my favorite ones, right. emotional sobriety. Um, every time I hear that, I think of Dr. Berger, because he's like the emotional sobriety guru. And, you know, what he says about that is, uh, uh, and I think that really that's what, a lot of what we're talking about here with contentment, right, is... I am comfortable in my own skin regardless of what's going on around me. Yeah. And emotional dependency or discontentment is I'm not comfortable in my own skin. Unless. Unless what's going on around me fits my expectations. And even then, it's not enough. Right. You know, you actually did what I wanted you to do, but you didn't do it quite right. <laughs> And, and and so he, you know, one of the things that that he's very uh, proactive about is learning to stand on your own two feet, getting in touch with your authentic self, being mindful of who you are, and saying, you know what, the situation sucks, and I'm okay. Doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Doesn't mean it, it isn't painful. But what are you going to do with it? You know, a lot of people struggle with that. That's a well, I used to drink and use over the things that were painful. That's what I did with it. And and when it wasn't painful, I'd drink and use. Because the sun was shining. Yeah. It's all it's it's intensified in a in a typical treatment center. It's always somebody else's issue, always somebody else's right. fault. I don't like this. I don't like that. Well, and that's gotta be rough, because you, you you work in an environment like that, so I mean now you got a bunch of guys get that are in the same place, the same living environment. You talk about an opportunity to blame and shift and and, and transfer and do all that, all those buzzwords. It's there, right? Every day, every single day, every day. <laughs> ding ding ding. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's. it's <clears throat> I that's the 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 uh. The challenging part and the rewarding part when they actually see the light bulb go on. 
Yeah, I was just going to ask you, how rewarding is that when you when you see somebody get it and then it, and it sticks? That's got to be what a great payoff. Well, I just want them to get it and start and, and plant the seeds. You know, where you hear yeah. that uh, the proverbial, you know, pop. We hear the pop, right? Yeah, as they say. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, uh, that, that I mean, if I if I can get that, that's all I really care about right now. It's like I plant some seeds because reality is, is I don't care how long you're in a program in a facility. It doesn't. None of the stuff even comes into play until after you leave. That's right. The real world. When you get the real world that impacts you, and you deal with the day to day, and yeah, you know the the pleasures and the struggles, and you know give and take, and all that other stuff that goes along with it. So I guess my question to people would be: Are you content? I mean, I've gone through moment of I've gone through days where I didn't feel content and discovered that I was actually a lot more, you know, content than I thought I was. But I, it's comfortable to whine and complain, and, and, and I know that very, very well, and I can default right. to that because it's my friend, right? Yeah. And and I think what other things fall into those into that category, contentment is uh, self awareness. Mm. Uh, emotional sobriety, yeah. right? Where you can you can look at those situations and say, you know, this isn't the greatest situation, but I'm okay. You know, it's okay. Uh, it it has nothing to do with me, or it only affects me if I let it. You know, and that comes with self awareness and all that emotional sobriety. Uh, you know, and that's that's. I'm hoping that's kind of the goal. You know. Did you ever have anybody tell you that when you were upset about somebody and then they, they'd say that old thing they do in 12-step groups? Well, what they think about you is none of your business. Anybody tell you I've that? I've heard that, but I think it's a bunch of nonsense. Because I got told that, and I thought, well, how can that be none of my business? They're talking about me. Right. So isn't that – wouldn't that uh, – could be considered gossip, right, if somebody's right. talking about you? But how how do you? But what change? are you going to do with it? Right. Well, thing. how do you change if you don't know? I mean, if someone is is saying something, you're doing something that's bothering them or whatever. Maybe it's because there's been, there was a time in my life where, you know, uh, I I was told I was unapproachable, and when I came into recovery and I looked at the big picture and I'm thinking, you know, why why is that? You know that I'm. Um, Why are you giving I'm doing that good in my them? life, and I have, I'm, I'm, I have serenity, and uh, I still feel like I'm an outsider. Yeah, and I realize that I still, when I move through a room, I'm go from point A to point B, and I, if I'm on a mission, I, and if there's a lot of people, sometimes I'll just buzz right through the room, and I get people come up after and they go, hey. Why didn't you say hi? I waved to you. You just blew me off. You were on a mission. I'm like, I didn't see you. I apologize. You know, and so that, you know how that things can spin off of that. Go get emotionally sober. Leave me alone. But I had to actually ask one of my pastors because I got part of part of the worship and media arts ministry, and I said, you know, I'm struggling with this. Is what am I? Am I doing something or saying something or right. body language or whatever that's putting out this message? And, you know, he shared some things with me, and, and then I worked on that, and, you know, things got a little a little better and a little easier. But just being aware what other people um, say or think about you um, is helpful. It may not be correct. Yeah, good right? word. Good word. Yeah. But yeah. 
I think if we have the information, we you know, and we're in the right place to hear it, uh, we can make those changes, or we can just say no, um, you're wrong. So is- make it your business for the purpose of becoming self-aware and right. improving I mean, on your condition. That's kind of like saying, well, I don't, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you say. It doesn't Which matter. Which is a cry. I don't People care. always care. Right. Yeah. Because that's what happened to me and when I came to the rooms of NA. And, you know, people gave me a hug and said, hey, you know, I'm glad you're here. Or when I got a chip, it's like. I really appreciated when you said X, Y, Z, and you helped me get through this. And without, without, I've never even talked to these people. And giving me a hug and saying, hey, thank you and welcome. I mean, that was the piece that I was missing. Mm. This is what I need. Mm-hmm. You know, I want somebody to pat me on the back and say, hey, you know what? We're glad you're here and you're, and you're doing a good job. Right? So there's nothing so wrong I with affirmation. Do care. I do care what people say. You do say, care, yeah. And I do care what they think. So there's nothing wrong with affirmation. You right. need to be quick to give it and be graceful to receive it. Right. And it's okay to care what other people think. And if it's negative and it doesn't have any meaning or truth behind it, then let brush it off. Yeah. It's their it's the other person's issue, not yours. Yeah. Again, can you lay your head down on the pillow at yeah. night? Because at guys, I know I, I, I'm I, asleep in like thirteen seconds, that's my wife. Are you really? Yeah. Wow. Sometimes shorter. Wow. <laughs> and that's without any Z-Quil or anything, right? Without anything, you know. <laughs> yeah, and even with my blood sugar at a, at a normal level, too. Wow. That's a trip. All right, we are out of time. We have a closing song. Any closing thoughts, though, before the song? Uh, no. All right. <laughs> uh, and then we'll, after the song's over, we'll come by, back and say goodbye. And Dave will say goodbye, Dave, or something like that. Uh, The song is called Contentment, by the way. Anyway, it's by the Anointed Pace Sisters. Doesn't matter what's happening around me I'll rejoice in my brother's prosperity Cause I find contentment Doesn't matter what people say In spite of what bills I have to pay I find contentment in you Knowing you'll supply all my needs And everything I need is in thee I find contentment in you Doesn't matter who walks out of my life It's okay if I sleep alone
The anointed paint sisters kind of takes me back to Andre Crouch and the Disciples kind of era. Dave, it's time to say goodbye. Say goodbye, Dave. Goodbye, Dave. Goodbye, everybody. We're wishing God's perfect serenity for you. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.